Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome to the Bricks in the Wall. Welcome back, fellas. So I got a special show for y'all today. I was kind of stressing about this one all week because this is a guy that I really look up to. Um, I've discovered this guy a long time ago. Um, as y'all, have, I've already said before, I discovered podcasts around, I guess, 2010. And it started off when I discovered Joe Rogan through a, a special app that gave you like, it was Pandora, but kind of for everything. So I would just put in speeches and motivational stuff. And I got Joe Rogan and I looked into him and I found out he had a podcast and that's how I got into it. <clears throat> and it was fun for a while. I would listen to Joe Rogan and Joey Diaz and all his friends and they're all comedians and they're all funny and thought provoking. But after a while, I had already been researching the Illuminati and the New World Order and all of this globalist stuff when I was younger after watching a movie called Zeitgeist. And... Um, I had stopped researching because I had, I didn't have people around me to talk to about this stuff, so I kind of let it go. But once I started listening to podcasts, I just had the inkling that maybe there's people out there doing podcasts uh, talking about this kind of stuff. So I went through my um, my podcasting app and I searched like um, New World Order, Red Pilled, um, uh, The Awakening, stuff like that, just tags, and it gave me this one podcast. Of, this is the first podcast that I started listening to that was kind of not conspiracy, more like reporting style. Cause, okay, so this guy name his his name is Chad, and he does a podcast. He did a podcast with his buddy Eric, and um, it was kind of like a reporting type of show where they would bring in snippets of books or reports and kind of explain and break it down how this is globalist agenda, kind of basically new world order stuff. And it was badass. I liked it because these guys were really motivating because this this got me to start researching again and to start looking into this stuff again because I had let it go for several years. But Chad, how are you doing, Chad? Welcome to the show. I'm, I'm flattered. I'm just a guy. <laughs> kind of like you, just started doing stuff. So, But I'm, I'm glad you found me. I'm surprised you found me sometimes. Yeah. You and one other guy from Australia I used to talk to on Word for my website. Haven't heard from him in years, but you two are the most, you two are the only active ones I ever really had. Otherwise, I would get spams or that was about it. But but I didn't care at the time because I was just trying to, to me, it was just a chronicling of what I was coming across. So, okay, so just thank get, you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I, I love your show. Yeah, I really look up to you, dude. And, and I can't believe, like, when, once I started listening to your show, you would say, like, send us an email or something. And I did, and like, and then you responded, and I was like, "Whoa, this is." It, it was a weird experience because it was like a Matrix kind of Ready Player One type of thing where I found you in cyberspace, and then we connected and we started talking. We had like a couple of talks, and we would talk for almost hours without a problem, and we would just get into it, talk all kinds of stuff, Trump, um, all kinds of interesting stuff, and I was just like. Hell yeah, I love this dude. So I'm glad we found each other. I don't know if you've heard that thing from Timothy Leary. He says, find the others. And I believe you're one of them. No, I know. That's, that's the way I thought, too. That's the way I felt for a long time. My friend Eric that I co- that co-hosted with me, he woke me up. Kind of. He woke me up. I never took it seriously until about 2009. Like, it was just an interesting uh, thought experiment for me. Uh, especially with he, he uh, oh, sorry, he uh, introduced me to, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking all of a sudden. He introduced me to David Icke. 
Oh yeah. He had all the David Icke books back then in the early 2000s. So I was reading David Icke books, and it didn't quite click. But so it wasn't until I had to, was forced to do mandatory vaccines or lose my job that I really kind of woke up back in 2009. So that's when I quit my job and started researching this stuff. And Eric himself turned me on to another researcher that had been doing this stuff for a long time named Alan Watt, who we referenced a lot. And I got to be on his show once. <laughs> so I, really? I, feel, I know how you feel. <laughs> I called him up one time when he used to do calls. And you I actually got to talk to him first. Really? Time. Can you tell me about that? That's very awesome. That's cool. Oh, uh, I didn't say a whole lot. I, I'm kind of, I don't know. I, I just happened to... We just tried calling Eric and I were sitting around drinking beer and uh, we were listening to him live when he still had his radio show uh, like that. And I got on and I talked to him for a bit and I, uh, I'd just been reading uh, Tragedy and Hope, A History of Our Time, uh, that talks about all these players, basically. And because uh, he's the one that turned me on to it, Alan wanted. And uh, it was funny because I told him, like, <laughs> I told him, like, well, I, I picked up the I picked up the torch that you dropped and he's like, yeah, it burns, doesn't it? I'm like, yeah, it does. Cause I was kind of going through some mental stuff then. Cause it was six months of, you know, just depression and, but researching like super interested in all this stuff, but the rest of life just didn't feel real. And since I'm a single guy with no kids, it really got bad. I can, I can't imagine having kids and having to wake up. Right. Yeah. You have to still deal with the real world or this world, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so what did y'all talk about, you and Alan? Did y'all did y'all speak, or you just said some a couple things? Yes, I just I just thanked them for turning me on to this. Less, I guess. I just thanked them real quick. It was a pretty brief phone call. It was. I, I have to go check it out again. I, I don't remember when it was, but we didn't have a lot of time to talk. He was just kind of taking questions, and I just uh, I didn't really ask him a question. I just told him I'm like. I'm, I'm with you. I understand where you're coming from. This stuff makes more sense than any of the history that I've learned going to college. So that was all it was. It was so brief. It wasn't, I would have loved to interview with him, but he kind of stopped doing his uh, TV show, or he stopped doing interviews long ago. So, and then he died, I think, last year, sadly. Yeah, see, Alan Watts, to me, he's a very interesting fella, because like you, I, I love him. He did a bunch of awesome, great stuff. But what do you think about him dying from alcoholism? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, alcoholism, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to fault the guy for uh, taking, medicating himself in any way he can to deal with this stuff. He was also very black-pilled in a lot of ways. Yeah. He was very, he was very convinced that these people uh, had everything buttoned up already. And I was like that too up until two years ago. So, um, which we can talk about later. But, true, uh, true. Yeah, because uh, all of this stuff is very dark. And I, sometimes I'll, I'll find myself going down spirals and I have to like walk away from a bit for it for, for a while. But um, tell me, um, I know he was medicating himself and stuff, but um, I know you can't down him for that. But what, what do you mean by black pill? Because I don't think a lot of people know what, what that means. Because red pill basically means waking up like, like in the Matrix. You see the world for what it really is. But what is black pill? Black-pilled is generally the term for uh, waking up, but then falling into despair and just and letting yourself think that these people 
you know, like, like I said, these people have everything taken care of, but there's no way to fight them. Mm-hmm. That's what I consider black pill being. It's just screw it. It turns into nihilism, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just screw it. I'm going to live my life how I want, do whatever. And he wasn't, you know, at least Alan Watt tried to put the information out. He just didn't sit around by himself and drink himself to death. At least he put it out there, right. which is more than a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I mean, honestly, all the intelligent people have some sort of quirks. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really boil it down, I mean, hell, George Carlin's my favorite comedian. And, you know, you come to find out he was addicted to wine and uh, I forget what kind of pills he was addicted to. Yeah. But he had to put himself in rehab. But he was brilliant. So, and I think that's its, it's his defense mechanism to this crazy world. Yeah, like that saying uh, says, it's the fine line between insanity and genius. And I mean, I, I, I went through it too. I was smoking way too much uh, marijuana when I first went back to uh, Washington State because it was, you know, legal. And I finally had to cut myself off from it because uh, I was just, I would go to bed just getting all depressed. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life? Right. So I've been off that again for over a year now. So plus I'm in Missouri now where it's not legal. So. Mm-hmm. So tell, I mean, tell us, once you stop smoking, how were your dreams? I, I hear that they become way more vivid once you stop smoking. I had some good dreams last night. My dreams, my dreams are still kind of mundane a lot of the times. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on trying to, you know, get a little healthier, lose some weight. I gave up, I gave up beer for Lent, so I'm just trying that for a while. Okay. Even though I'm not a practicing Catholic, I just figured I'd call it Lent. Do you, but, um, do you like sparkling water? No, I do. I do not. Oh. I just we have really we we keep good filters here and all our stuff, and so I drink really good water. I will drink some distilled water from time to time too, not not exclusively, but I'm a bit of a water snob. So because mm. that that's what helped me stop drinking. Well, not stop, but like quit cut back. I'll drink sparkling water and kind of like the same thing. I kind of trick myself into thinking it's beer, which is probably not healthy, but I mean I'm not drinking as much. I know it's tough. It's, uh, I wanted, I, I'm not going to deny myself beer because I like it, but I was getting to a point. Well, when I was back in Washington State, before I moved back here, I was probably drinking a six pack a week, if not more, which, you know, is not a ton, but it's enough. Right. It's not like six pack a night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here I was, my sister and I were both like drinking a beer at night, and we we're like, you know what? I think it's just time to stop drinking at home. Mm-hmm. I want to go out and have a drink. I would, just, I would go out and have a drink, go to a, a brew pub or something. You know, actually try to be social. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's a little easier all of a sudden now that COVID restrictions have been uh, dropped around here for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was kind of my thing too. Before, back when I was younger, I would say I'm not drinking unless I'm with people or friends and being social. But I got used to drinking at home, and then like I had to kind of put a stop to that too, like you. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to start to. I'm finally to a point. I'm, I'll be 49 this year. I'm finally to a point where my parts of my health I need to address. It's like, I feel better than I have in years. Yeah. Uh, I work, you know, I work five days a week as an electrician now. So, you know, we've been super busy even in the winter time. So I come home and I'm like physically tired, but I have had a good day's work, you know, mm-hmm. I've worked my hands, crawled around attics and up and down ladders. And so, you know, that's helped a lot over the, over the past few years is actually doing that kind of work. I don't even listen to anything half the time anymore. I used to have to like listen to something and now I can do my job and just kind of focus on it 
Yeah, yeah, there's there's totally something to kind of disconnecting because I still listen to podcasts eight hours a day and and sometimes like yeah I'm like okay let me take a break and like for this hour I won't listen to anything and it's it's crazy how your mind starts working and you you kind of you get more into yourself and when you're listening to stuff or putting stuff into you it's like you're a blank slate you're just feeding stuff into you. Yeah, I was. That's all I did the first six months after I really woke up. Because what happened was just to give my backstory real quick. Um, to anybody listening is I, well, let me start. I'll do a brief from the beginning. I grew up on a farm, just my sister and I and my folks. So I had a lot of alone time, did chores, drove tractors, you know, just kind of played with dogs and cats and just hung out. So I had a pretty easy childhood. And then we moved to Germany when I was 12 and my mom took us there for a job. So I went from a little farm in Illinois to Frankfurt, West Germany at the time. And not long after that, I walked into East Berlin with my parents. And that was like, that cracked my brain open in ways that I still, I can never truly describe to anybody. Because I went from seeing the world one way and then realizing there was a whole another part of the world that looked and acted completely different. Uh, it's like a reverse Disneyland, I guess. So that's what got me interested in the Soviet Union as I got into my teenage years. And then I ended up in Russia uh, through college in the mid-90s, studied Russian and lived there a few years after the Soviet Union disbanded. So I, this whole Russia thing has been crapping me up the whole time because the Russians are right. I mean, it's not. Anyway, we'll get into that. Yeah, I do. I, I do definitely <laughs> want to get into that. Um, uh, so I've always questioned things. I at 14, I wrote my dad a 15-page essay as why I wasn't going to go to church anymore. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't stand the Catholic Church. I couldn't stand going to church, but I also started studying the history of the church, and I realized early on that I, I did it did not work for me. I was very simplistic about my ideas of Jesus and the Bible. It's like there's no need for these intermediaries, these middlemen. Right. It's not not the way it goes. And I've been. Honestly, I feel like I've been proven right the past year. So, um, but anyway, so after college, I kind of had a, I'd been so serious for so long studying that I kind of had a second childhood where I just went to move to Seattle and started goofing off and just hanging out, drinking, and partying and dating and whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and Seattle was a great place to do that in the early 2000s. Um, very easy to live there and get around and go to bars and go see concerts and stuff. So started work, finding, found decent work, and was I became a sleep technologist. So I was working in the medical industry. And that's when, when 2009 came, oh, let me back up. Around 2000, I had been studying the Federal Reserve bit by bit, and I was talking to my friends about it, and they're looking at me like I'm insane, trying to explain to them fiat money and fractional reserve banking and all this stuff. And then... So no one, I, no one around me would listen to me, so I just stopped talking about it and just kind of laid there dormant in the back of my brain. So it wasn't until 2009 when uh, I was told, you either take this vaccination for H1N1 or you don't have a job. So I was like, well, I guess I quit. And right before that, Eric had turned me on to Alan Watt. So I, I was spending way too much time listening to Alan Watt shows, just absorbing all that information. And reality just kind of distorted it was like I was on drugs mm. for the first six months I was like I had all my energy I mean almost all my energy went to just researching mm-hmm. it was hard I mean I kept my relationship with my sister and my brother-in-law and you know that stuff but 
lot of other people kind of fell off the wayside and I couldn't help it. I was like, I knew I was onto something right. and I, there was plenty of people out there that I had come across that were on the same track. Um, so you hit me, you hit me at my sweet spot. I was what a year in maybe like a few months in when you found my podcast. Um, and I was, I was going crazy. I mean, I was, everything was clicking. I haven't been able to recreate that first six months when I started that podcast. Cause mm-hmm. I had theme, I would come up with themes every day. I think of songs that I could put at the beginning and the end. And yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. When it was, it was a lot of work and it was fun, but, um, but then life got in the way. So that's why I kind of quit. I ended up, you know, family issues. I had to move back. I ended up doing travel jobs to make ends meet. And so I was just not very stable. Um, and it just kind of, I don't know. Let me put it this way. I got kind of tired of talking about the same plant over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You start to realize that they only have a few, they only have a certain amount of tricks in their arsenal. And once you learn them, you see them everywhere and they just keep using them over and over again. And there was just a, there came a point where I'm like, I have to back away from this in the sense that I can't just keep talking about it over and over and over again. So I just had to refocus but I've never stopped. I've never not talked about it to people. I talk to people about this stuff all the time. Anybody that's, I mean, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble in my job probably because I'm, I talk to customers. <laughs> They're receptive to little things. I'll drop little nuggets in the conversation about what's going on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not done by any means. I might start back up again. I need to, uh, you should I'm thinking about it. But yeah. I just need to decide which way I'm going to go. Um, but yeah, so like I said, you caught me at the you caught me right at the beginning of my my true awakening, and it hasn't stopped since. There is no anybody that tries to tell you that they woke up and then went back to sleep is full of shit. Right. Pardon right. my French. No, you're they, good. That means they never truly woke up. <clears throat> right. So let me ask you this: once you once Eric started waking you up, you said 2009. How long before you started the podcast? did I start the podcast? Let's go look at my website real quick. Yeah, give it a plug um, up your stuff first. Okay, let's say uh, your podcast is Red Pill 2021, 2051, right? It's still up. You can still find it. Yeah, I've been paying. I pay. Um, I've been paying five bucks a month for years just to keep my my uh, just to keep them up there so people can download them. So it's the Red Pill. Uh, I think it's a WordPress site. It's my Red Pill site. Sorry, it's been a while since I've been to it. You're good. You're good. Um, but it is, there it is. It is the redpill2051.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And everything's still linked there. I did a little blurb back in 2020 when all this stuff was going on with the pandemic, at the beginning of the pandemic. But I've had another awakening since then. That's, that's when my, that's when the kind of the next phase of this started, which we can talk about whenever you're ready. Yeah. But um, I started in November of 2009. So if you go, I got my archives on the side. When did I start? November 20, gosh. My first one was, looks like it was November 18th or something like that. And I started all this stuff with H1N1, all the stupid virus stuff, because they were trying to scare us with that. But how far How far from when Eric mentioned something about, about uh, Alan Watts or, or whatever he introduced you to be, before you started the podcast? Like, what was that time span before you started waking up and you said, okay, I have to do this now? Uh, what was that? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think when I actually 
quit my job. Uh, I think it was a good, it was like a couple months. I, it was, it was literally a couple months of just working. I would go out on cigarette breaks cause I still smoked and I would just listen to Alan Watt and that's, you know, I would work nights. And so I would just, you know, all of us, all my coworkers just put their headphones in once we got started in the night and just listen, do their own thing. Mm-hmm. So I just, I think it was like two months and then I, I'm like, I was told like we need to start a podcast, and I did, I did all the I pretty much did most of it like getting started up and learning how to uh, record everything. And uh, at the time, I think he was in uh, excuse me, he was in Tucson, so he wasn't even around. He had left he had left Washington State, so I learned how to do what you're doing now. I learned how to do like record over Skype and all that stuff when Skype was the only thing around. And uh, yeah, so it was like a couple months, and then I just dove in. Because I didn't have a job, I didn't work for six months, so I had plenty of money saved up, so I was able to pay rent. Um, but I just, I decided I'm taking six months off, and people thought I was nuts, and I survived. I've done it a few times now, <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't have aspirations to have a house, and four cars, and mm-hmm. two motorcycles, and all the other stuff that you know that people want, ski boats and whatever. So yeah. it was pretty sparse life for six months that's beautiful because it's like nobody told you to do this it was like you got that calling and that's how i feel too and that's how a bunch of people feel especially now since this thing happened about two years ago it woke up so many people that they're like in social media it's exploded this idea of awakening and sure there's a bunch of stuff in there to throw people off but i feel like before the whole covid thing happened people the world was already waking up even before, kind of, with Occupy, even though that, that whole thing got derailed after that, with the Hong Kong protests and the, and the yellow shirts in Europe, all over the world, it seemed like people were waking up and kind of ready to turn their backs on politicians and the bankers. But um, let me ask you this. So once you said, I'm going to do a podcast, what was your, what, what was your thought process of how you're going to go about this? Because... Like, First, explain your podcast and tell them how you do it, because it's a reporting type of show. It's kind of like a, it, it makes me think of a newsroom, but for people who are really speaking truth. Well, I just, let's see. When I first started, I was just, um, Alan Watt kind of helped me. I mean, I actually kind of based it off Alan Watt's show in a lot of ways. I'm not, I'm not that, uh, I'm not that uh, original, let's put it that way. But none of us are, because this is the... It's just about getting the information out. It's there's nothing. I've never wanted to have an ego about it because to me it was like a to me it was a uh, it was a service. It wasn't mm-hmm. me just trying to make a name for myself. That's why I didn't mind stopping it. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I would find articles. I would just do searches every day, and I would find articles that kind of interest me, and they would lead to other ones. So like my when I started in September. So yeah, like my my. Uh, Oh wait, that's 2013. But yeah, so I would just list off stuff. So let's see. Let's go to my first, my very first, my third one, because that's when I actually started getting the rhythm. Or second one. This week, Eric and I discussed the death of the dollar and what that means to all of us in the country. I touched more upon the healthcare issue and the H1N1 vaccination debacle, which has personally affected my livelihood. And then I just list a bunch of articles that Eric and I came up with um, to talk about. And it's just, you know, it's all from mainstream sources, except for InfoWars. Eric liked InfoWars. 
from Alex Jones. So <laughs> yeah, see, I think I that's let him do it. <laughs> that's badass because that's what you need. You can't just go around people telling them that the Earth is flat or that there is no moon. You have to come with some type of proof or documentation to really open their eyes. Because I feel what has happened with this. I don't want to say conspiracy theorist ideals, but the truther community gets derailed and there's people out there pushing ideas to make others sound ridiculous. And if you don't have the proof or documentation or something to show people like, hey, look, this is happening and here's proof from mainstream sources, you can kind of get your foot more in the door that way. And I think that's awesome. No, I, I, still, I, I still go that way. I, I'm, a little, I'm a little more out there than I was at the beginning, but I won't go into that. But uh, reality is, Reality is really, well, maybe I'll get this across to you by the end of the show, but reality is really going to get even crazier than it is now. <laughs> we're, going, we're going down the rabbit hole even further than what we did 10 years ago. Yeah, but, that, um, that reminds me know, of a quote. Funny. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry. That reminds me of a quote from Terrence McKenna. He says something along the lines that the world is stranger than he, that even the maddest among us could ever suppose. So we could suppose and suppose and imagine, but no one ever has a concrete idea or even the smallest inkling of what's really going on. Well, there's, there's tons of stuff that we just have no idea what's going on. Um, what did I do with that? I just had something pulled up that I wanted to read later, but um, I'll find it while we, while we talk. Um, but yeah, it's like my, my third episode in 2009. First one, The Green Agenda. Al Gore's carbon offset paid the firm he owns. Talking about their generation, I don't remember what that one's about. If half of these links even still work. Uh, India tells West to stop eating beef. You know, all, all this stuff that been people have been talking about for the past couple of years. I'm happy about it because I'm like, yeah, I was talking about this in 2009, but I'm, I've been talking to housewives with like five kids. <laughs> I've been to PTA. I've been to like uh, school board meetings, and we've gone to like organizational meetings at like. Last, last summer, I went to a brewery where it was all parents complaining about the lefties on the school board, the crazy lefties. Mm -hmm. And here I am talking to, you know, a housewife with five kids about all this stuff and about even crazier stuff. You know, just, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it was blowing my mind. Cause I'm like, I, just, I always felt like an outsider. And now it's, we're almost to the point where we're able to talk about this stuff openly and people will want to talk about it, but we're probably another... We might be another year away from that, but I think we're about a year away from everybody just talking about this stuff because it's going to be everywhere here soon. Yeah, I think it's just so. wild because you were talking about this back then and the stuff that you were talking about back then, it seems like it's barely kind of coming out into the truth of community, like the whole globalist and stop eating meat and sustainability. So can you talk to, to, to us about that? About Because you were the first one to really put that idea on my head that they're going to push this climate thing agenda to try to control the world even more through through the consumption of meat, through traveling. What, what explain to us what is this climate agenda and what they're trying to do with it? Well, I have a good book that I will recommend if anybody can still find it. It's called uh, Hope for the Hope of the Wicked: The Master Plan to Rule the World by a guy named Ted Flynn, and it was published in 2000. So keep in mind this is 2000. So this is 22 years ago, and. I, I, I don't remember when I bought this book, but I have it earmarked like everywhere. But uh, <clears throat> he talks about all this stuff. I mean, you go through the table of contents and it talks about, you know, it talks about the New World Order, the Illumin ones, it talks about the Freemasonry, everything. I mean, all the stuff that, um, uh, oh, who wrote, uh, 
who wrote the pale horse uh behold a pale horse uh, uh, mm, not david i greg um the radio host behold the pale horse is Darn it. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't. I, the name blanking on me. Bill Cooper. Yeah. Bill Cooper was talking about this stuff back in the '90s. On, on a, I mean, he started out on a, on a, shortwave radio. I mean, people have been getting this stuff out all over the place. Mm -hmm. But um, no, I mean the the Green Agenda, whatever you want to call it, it started, it started in like the year I was born. I think. I think the first Earth, Earth Day summit was uh, 1973. And then, no, 1972, um, there is, uh, I'm looking at it right now, there was a guy named Maurice Strong, which I think I talked about on the podcast, and I know Alan Watt talked about him, because this guy was based in Canada. He claimed he was Canadian, but he was just a globalist. But he was the one that started the whole Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro back in 1992. So that's when it really kind of took hold of people's minds, this whole idea of, we have to protect the earth and um, we have to treat the earth like it's our goddess. That that whole thing is part of it too. He calls it sophisticated paganism. Uh, it, it's all about denying God and taking over, taking over God's creation for themselves. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is that simple. It's these people are so insane. They think they, well, let me put it this way. Evil can never create. It can only, uh, copy and like distort <laughs> right um, sorry I'm talking to these kind of religious terms no that's good I love it bro because see that's what my show is I, want, I dive into the whole spiritual world type of thing this thing because when I would look into this stuff I, I would look into it but I wasn't really asking the I, I started eventually asking the question why are they doing these things? What is the purpose? They have the money. They have the, the lands. They have our, our minds in control. But what is the purpose of all of it? And me and my co-host, which um, Andrew, he's not here, but what we contend is that all of this is to hand it over at the end to, to I don't know if it's the Antichrist or Lucifer or what, but to hand this control over to somebody or just to establish this whole totalitarian technocracy, which you would talk about. And you were the one who also talked talk to me about that. So... Explain to us how does this green movement transition into the transhumanistic movement? Well, we just saw we just saw what the COVID thing is part of it. Um, I didn't. I was expecting more. I wasn't expecting what they did with with COVID or with the virus. But the idea was they wanted to get a generation so um, brainwashed that into protecting the planet that they wouldn't do anything against the planet so i mean this goes back to like buddhist philosophy where they don't you know they, there's there's sects of buddhism that doesn't, they don't even want to step on insects they don't want to touch it mm -hmm. it's an it's it's a it's a untenable way to live you just can't do it but you get a generation indoctrinated to think that the earth is dying because humans are on it it's the matrix argument it's agent smith's argument about it they've they've brainwashed enough people into thinking that we are the problem just us just our existence is mm -hmm. the problem and then they mock us by blaming the one gas that we exhale constantly which is carbon that's the biggest thumb in our eye that they give us is they, when they say they want to reduce co2 what they're really saying is they want to reduce the population of people on the planet mm -hmm. and it's the georgia guidestones anybody Anybody listening, go look up the Georgia Guidestones, and you'll see the very first 
thing carved into it is a population of 500 million for the whole planet. Whole planet. That's a lot. That's a lot of people that get taken out. So, um, but in the meantime, while they're taking us out, they have tech that can track us and trace us and then punish us. That's where you get, um, you know, the cashless society idea. Um, that's where you get the social credit, uh, the social credit system that's in China. Wait, what just happened to the Canadian truckers? They had their bank accounts frozen. Mm -hmm. um, that is, that's the main control mechanism of this system is the banks, is the banking system. And they were getting ready to, it seems like they were getting ready, that whole Great Reset thing with Klaus Schwab and all those people, um, that's what they were trying to push. But they didn't have their person in place. They didn't have their Hillary in place. Mm -hmm. We're going to find out that if Hillary had won in 2016, we would be in, you wouldn't believe the amount, the level of destitution we would have been in already. Mm -hmm. We would have been in a war, and then they would spring COVID on us. They probably would have wanted to do a war first. Right. And get our economy broken, and then they would spring COVID on us, start locking us down, start tracking us with our phones, start then implementing chips and all that other stuff. Where they were going to get the bodies to actually enforce it, I don't know, but obviously there's still enough people that will do anything for a paycheck, um, as we saw up in Canada. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it really is just, did any, have you ever seen, did you ever watch Logan's Run? No. You should watch Logan's Run when you get a chance. It's an old 70s, kind of corny. It look, you know, it's kind of corny looking. Okay, I'll check it out. But the whole the whole point of that movie is, is that everybody lives in this dome city, and they're all young, pretty, and athletic. Well, everybody at the age 30, they ascend, quote-unquote, and it's a big deal for everybody, and everybody gets excited. They have these chips. They have these crystals in the palm of their hand, and when it starts to glow, when it starts to blink red, it's time for their ascension. Well, everybody gathers in the center of the city and watches the people ascending get sucked up into the air and then they burst into like fireworks. Whoa. Well, he goes to find out in the end that they're basically just vaporizing people. It's just a glorified way of population control. Right. That makes me think of like the whole sacrifice thing in the ancient times, like the Mayans and stuff. People willingly gave themselves up and like happily because they were brainwashed. And that's the sad, that's the sad state of human affairs. Um, anybody listening to this that found your podcast, obviously they understand that they wouldn't be here otherwise, but you know, most people can't even imagine this being a thing. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the green agenda was, I don't, I'm not, well, here, let's put it on top of this. On top of that, they have weather manipulation, which is documented fact. We know that they did it in Vietnam. They seeded clouds to, pour rain down the Ho Chi Minh Trail to make it impossible for the, the Econ to move anything. Uh, and there's plenty of documentation about cloud seeding going back to like the 30s. So this is not new tech. But what better way to, you know, then you get Alex Jones and, uh, oh, who was the, the ex-wrestler? I always forget. He used to have a show called Conspiracy on TV. Um, uh, he was governor of Minnesota. Yeah, I know who uh, you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he went to harp, you know, there's, you have, you know, angels can't play this harp, which is another book that I haven't read in a while, but talking about ionic, you know, atmospheric manipulation to cause storms. And I think we saw that in action over the past couple of years. There's been crazy amounts of flooding around the world, crazy storms and ice storms and the 
you you guys had that crazy storm in Texas last winter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that knocked out power. Mm-hmm. So you get people, you first you get people brainwashed into thinking that they're a problem on Earth. And then you start creating the problems so that you can back up your claims so it makes it harder for people to argue back. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what they did with COVID, too, um, to be perfectly honest. Whatever it was supposed to be, it was it didn't end up being as deadly as they thought. But here's the kicker. It didn't it didn't need to be deadly. It just had to be pumped up in people's brains to a level where they would willingly accept the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And that's where the COVID is. That's where the death is coming from now. It's all coming from people that got the vaccines and got too many boosters. And see, and like I all had that, all that stuff's coming out now too. So, sorry to cut you off, but like, see, I had this morbid thought, kind of like when I said earlier about the whole sacrificial thing about the Mayans, how you can get a whole population to to freely, like I said, give themselves up. So people were lining up to get these vaccines, and then they got tattoos saying that they had the vaccine, like basically branding themselves. Like, and, and it seems like maybe the people don't know what's going on, but they're basically giving themselves away, like sacrificing away. And it's so crazy how they made this whole story about it, and people just believe it, and it's it's wild. My yeah, my sister's mother-in-law. She's she's in her eighties. She believes all this stuff still. I mean, even she has friends that stopped wearing masks when the CDC said it was over, and she still doesn't get it. And it's fine. Not you're not gonna. We're in a we're in an interesting spot. Where you can't save everybody. Everybody. We're still in a free will. We still operate in a free will uh, universe. So you cannot force people to do things. You can show them what's actually going on, and then it's still up to them to think, to decide whether or not they think it's true. That's all you can do. And, and they kind of a long time ago. That's why I stopped wanting to talk about this stuff because you, your first instinct when you wake up is to scream it in everybody's face, mm-hmm. and you can't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. You can do what I did and what you do. You cite sources. The facts don't matter. It really uh, that's facts matter over time, but initially the propaganda is so strong that facts will not get through it. And yeah, see, that kind of works both ways because, see, I think that, that's also how the elite do it. They can't force all of this on us. I mean, they could, but they have to manufacture our consent and get us to agree and go along with the whole narrative. They can't just, like, force everyone to get the vaccine because, like, they tried. They did try a bunch of methods, and they were always, well, the judicial system was telling them, no, this is not lawful. You can't force people. It has to be... Um, uh, someone has to be willing to take it but it's like you said yeah they can't really force you they put all the information and the lies and the propaganda out there and you freely walk into it and and buy, take the take the bite and that's and that's and i remember saying this i remember saying this in the podcast i don't remember which one but i've said it a few times when i was doing the podcast i told them i i said i i came to realize that the united states is the biggest hurdle for the new world order out of any of the countries and because of our constitution, the way our constitution is written, it makes it very difficult for them to do things. And so they have to figure out how to wait, how to deceive you. And then they worry about legal repercussions down the road, but they want to try to get as many people on their side as they can. But that's why they've never been able to take away our guns. Unlike other countries like Australia, look what happened to Australia the past two years. They got all their guns. They gave up all their guns back in the 90s. And look what happened to them. 
Well, I don't know if you heard about this, Chad, but I think they just, they're making a new bill right now that's going to go straight to the Senate, and it's to um, fund Ukraine. It's like a $1.4 trillion bill, and hidden within it is some sort of clause that gives the federal government uh, some type of right to control weapons. I, I didn't really look into it. I just heard about it today, but that's something I need to look into. Like, they're sneaking in stuff to control weapons in that bill to support Ukraine, and it's not going to fail because people want to, everyone, the media's brainwashed everyone to support Ukraine. No, it, I'll, I'll give you, let me clue you into something. Whatever Congress is doing right now is meaningless. There is no real Congress doing anything. And Biden and the Congress are not in control of shit. They're not, they haven't been in control since Trump left office. Oh, that's a whole other, I'd gladly come back on and talk to you about that again, but that's a whole other right, right. Um, subject. But um, I'm not worried about it because none of the stuff that they've ever done sticks. Since Biden came in, nothing he's done has actually stuck. All he's done is done everything opposite that Trump did when Trump was in office. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a big setup. I think Trump did what he did while he was in office to show the people, to show us what it would be like to live in a relatively fair system. Like, he was still dealing with central banks and crazy, you know, and all the fiat money and stuff. But look what he did. He dropped gas prices. He made us energy independent. He dropped... Uh, medication prices, like for insulin and uh, the EpiPen, he dropped to like five bucks a pen instead of 300. Why did he do all that stuff? I think he did it just to show people what it could be like. And then Biden comes in and he does all the opposite and he puts it all back on track where, where they were going to keep it. And now it's blatantly obvious to people. It's even obvious to the sleepers that, that, he, that all this is wrong. Because people will start to people are people are realizing, and it's been trending on Twitter off and on for months now that Trump was right about everything. And this isn't me just talking about Trump. It's just something happened when Trump came in. Everything shifted. The whole energy shifted. Whatever track these people were on has been derailed, right. and they're all freaking out. And the and their their freak out is causing chaos everywhere. And that's what people can't understand. It's the chaos is good in the sense that it, they're exposing themselves. Right. So you have to keep that in mind. They're showing so the their green hand. Agenda, the green agenda to me is dead. It, is, it has been dead since Trump pulled us out of the Paris Climate Accord. Because when was the last time you heard about the Paris Climate Accord? Yeah, I haven't. No one's talked about it since that happened. Um, what Trump did that was actually pretty genius is that he took people that you never heard of like i never heard of anthony fauci until a few years before he came on and even then i didn't really pay attention to what he was about but now everybody knows who fauci is and now everybody's realizing what what kind of person fauci really is and now where's fauci <laughs> yeah i haven't heard anything about him so so yeah there's still a lot of this stuff is in play but i'm honestly I'm at, I'm at a point where I'm at peace with with what has happened since Trump came in and since all this started. This is more than just Trump. This is the military. This is all the militaries of the world because this is a worldwide thing going on because what you're seeing in Ukraine is not what the media is telling you, and you obviously know that, yeah. but you might not have other avenues. But I speak Russian. I can go and look at the stuff and see it for myself, and I'm telling you, Putin is pretty much saying directly what he's doing. It's a military operation to take out the Nazis that have taken over Ukraine. And yeah, I told there's this to a friend of mine. 
<laughs> yeah, people don't believe it, but there's an actual battalion of, of Nazis within the Ukraine military, and I don't know how people don't see this and are outraged about it. Because it doesn't, well, remember, they got in in 2014 under that color revolution, which was predominantly gay people and trans people. I sent my friend a video of this guy talking about the color revolution in 2014 and how if it wasn't for the, the, the 5% Nazi contingent that was in that group, it would never have gotten anywhere. And he's like, you're telling me that that, that ideology from, the, from World War II is still alive? I'm like, yes, it's still alive. Go look up Operation Paperclip. Right. We brought the Nazis here. The Nazis didn't lose the Second World War. They were wounded, but they regrouped. Mm-hmm. Well, let me put it this way. Remember, remember how we talk about they show us, they have to show us these things, but yeah. we don't quite understand right. at the time. Well, look at Hydra in the Marvel movies, in the Avenger movies. Hydra is the Nazis. That's the same situation. You know what I mean? Which movie specifically? Watch, I, I don't think. Well, the I've Avengers seen. movies, like Captain America, Winter Soldier, and all that stuff. Okay, I'll check. Have you ever watch any of those? No, I've seen some, but not all of them. I need to check. Which no. one specifically do you think mentions them the most? Captain America: The Winter Soldier is the one where it starts. Okay. Is I'll where check. you find out that that after World War II, Hydra, which was basically the Nazis of that universe, they had to go underground, and then they infiltrated the United States and the world and took over underground you know so it's the same it's the same idea they sh- they've been showing this stuff to us in our face uh forever ever since movies existed pretty much right. um so and like the weather channel you want to go back to the green agenda the weather channel was created to make people afraid of the weather <laughs> right it seems like every time i flip through it it'd be like tornadoes and earthquakes and weird scary shit yeah and they, they were doing this. We just we're today is our last day of winter here. Hopefully up in Missouri. Oh yeah. It was like thirty three degrees today because it snowed a couple of days ago, and they gave it a name. I'm like, it was just a few inches of snow. I'm like, why are you giving the storm a name? But they, I guess it hit like all the East Coast, so they had to give it a name. Hmm. But so yeah, I mean, I always thought before all this happened with COVID, my thoughts were that. They were going to, I thought it was going to be a bit more slow, which is why I called my podcast 2051, because when you talk about the Agenda 21, it was, when I first read Agenda 21, they were talking about 2050 being their end goal, and then they changed it to 2030, like towards the end of Obama's presidency. I guess they got cocky, think they could get a little faster, but they were kind of going slow. Um... I didn't realize that they were going to spring this on us so fast, but there was something about 2020 that um, I think they knew it was coming. I think they felt the way the people waking up as the great awakening, as you've probably heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they felt it coming. And I know, like I said, I'm not going to go into that part of it if you don't want to, but I think I've come to realize that there's been people working behind the scenes forever since probably Kennedy got assassination, assassinated that have been keeping these people at bay and have been collecting data on them and trying to figure out how to get them out, like uproot them. The White Hats. Huh? The White Hats. The White Hats, the Q movement. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, listen, I spent six months, this is my second awakening. I'll just, let me just get it out of the way real quick. When Trump 
mentioned at the beginning of the pandemic that he was going to send a fleet down to South America to deal just to, for protection, to deal with some stuff down there. And then like right at the beginning of the pandemic, I don't remember what, but then they found a woman down there. And they're like, when you find out who she is, when she talks, it's going to change everything. And that was back then. No one's heard anything about her since. I was like, what is going on? This does not, this is not running the script. I mean, with the pandemic, I, I, you can pretty much figure out the script of how these people would play it. But mainly it's this, the way the media treated Trump after he announced his presidency. I even got an inkling then, even though I wasn't paying attention, that something was off because the media just went crazy after him. They used to love him. I mean, he had TV shows and everything. But the second he announced that he was running for president, they all jumped on him. I'm like, okay, well, something weird is going on. And I watched my, my friends that I was living with at the time, I watched them lose their minds because of him. I mean, literally, for six months after he won, just I couldn't talk to him about anything because they were just out of their minds. Right. So I just laughed it off, and I went about, my, went about learning how to be an electrician and enjoying the fact that I had more money in my pocket and gas was cheap. I was able to travel, all this stuff. I was having a great time. I'm like, hey, Trump's awesome. I'm like, I, I'm not stressed. I'm not nearly as stressed as I was. Um, so, uh, but when this started, that's when I found Q. I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I started doing searching. I'm like, something's going on. What is going on? And that's when I came across the Q posts and started going down that road. And I didn't believe it for like four months. Like I could not let myself do it because I was still black pilled. I was like, there's no way that there's. These people are too powerful. They have, they have, they must have technology and stuff that we can't even imagine. That they just, you know, or they're from space. That kind of, you know, they're from <laughs> outer space. They're aliens. And there's no way we can get rid of them. Well, it, it, as time went on, I realized, no, they've been. These are just people, but they're psychos. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not, you know, they're not true humans. They're, they look like us and they talk like us and they walk like us, but they are not us. Um, and I talked about that much, a lot in my, in my podcasts, I talked about psychopathy and just, that's, that's what the idea of the lizard people are to me. I don't think they're truly lizard people, but they're, they might as well be because they don't have any empathy for human beings. Yeah. They operate off the reptilian mind, the basic, um, basic senses. Yeah. They, we're all just prey to them. We're, we're, we're the herd. That's why you hear sheeple, but they're the ones that came up with that term. It wasn't, it wasn't us conspiracy theorists. I don't use that term because anymore, because I'm not, I've come to realize, I came to realize early on when I really woke up that it's a, it's a blessing and a curse that you and I even woke up in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's a miracle that we woke up with the amount of propaganda and indoctrination that you and I have gone through. How the hell did we wake up? Right. Yeah, that's my big question. That's what I always wonder. What is it about certain people that they can awaken and others that you can, like you said, give them the facts and the answers, but they won't, they don't want to take the reptile. I don't know what that is. It's strange. You, you can't, you, again, you can't, I think it has to come from within you. You can't, it, it's never going to come from without, because like I said in my little intro, I was already questioning stuff from an early age like since my teenage years. So I was always questioning reality. It was just when I started getting data that was confirming some of my suspicions that I really started, it started blossoming. But I think I'm to the point now where I think there were people in the world, people higher up that were putting out information 
bit by bit and seeding our brains. Like even the X-Files, for all its weirdness, um, was seeding people's brains and just giving, giving them the idea about all this stuff. And even though it didn't take hold, it took 20 years more, 20 years or more to take hold. Once it takes hold, it, you know, the flood start, you know, it just starts to grow. So, um, it makes it truly interesting because it's, that's where I've come. And that's, that's the point I'm at now. It's like, I, I'm fully awake. I can see through, well, like in the matrix, when you, when he says you're looking at the code, he's like, I don't even see the code. I just see a blonde, a brunette and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's almost, to me, it's just like, it just is. I don't have to think about it. Like when I started preparing for this a couple of days ago, I'm like, oh, I'll flip to this book and all these, all these names and all this stuff I talked about just came back, even though I hadn't thought about them for years. Because I'm like, this is the most important story in human history. Right. Probably since Noah. Right. I see. Right now. When people just stick to TV, I'm like, there's something even better and it's happening in right now in real life. I can't watch TV anymore. I can't. My mom still watches too many shows on Netflix and stuff. I'm like, mom, I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't care. <laughs> like, none of that stuff interests me anymore. Yeah, and let's just let um, people know that Netflix is created by some of the, I think, their descendants of Edward Bernays, the pro propagandist. I don't care. My mom, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to try to wake up a 70 year old. She's awake yeah, to yeah. most of the stuff. She 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 will tolerate us talking about it, and she's she's worried about like she wants this done. She wants people just to get, you know, but she still can't break her habits because mm -hmm. she was just, she's a baby boomer, mm -hmm. you know, this is what they did. So it's fine. She's in her seventies. She can live her life. I'm not here to change anybody's lives. Yeah. That's up to them. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's the big revelation that you have when you wake up after a while is you cannot change anybody. You just have to plant seeds as you go along and you never know who's going to come back and talk to you. Right. I'm interested. I'm kind of interested to see if my friend that broke up with me or that kicked me out from Washington State, I'm interested to see if he ever called me back. Even though, because I told him everything I told you, I pretty much told, I told him when I left. I'm like, listen, none of this, this world, what, what's happening is not what it seems. CNN's lying to you. Everybody's lying. You know, media's lying to you about what's going on, about Trump, about all this stuff. I got the details wrong because I didn't think Biden was going to actually cheat and win, but they did. So, but that's about ready. That's going to be resolved this year or next. So, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Yeah, uh, man. The, the world. I mean, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry, sorry. You go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, they can't. We're not going to make it till 2024. We can't make it with eight percent inflation and ten dollar gas. It won't last for. It will. The economy would just collapse. And that's what the that's what the controllers want. But I'm telling you, there are powers, there are powers at play that are not going to let that happen. But it needs to happen enough to get more people to wake up. People are not going to wake up until they're at the precipice. They have to be literally hanging off the cliff with their feet, right. <laughs> or their toes need to be at the cliff edge before they finally make, get the courage to say stop it. I mean, look what Canada. Look how much shit Canada went through before they finally got figured it out yeah but still like they they made that law where they can freeze people's banks account and they never took that away it's still in action isn't it that's fine but when is he gonna how's he gonna use it again right. because the, the information keeps coming out yes it's going to hurt some people this is this is a war we are in world war three right now yep. this is actually yep. you and i have been we've all been living through world war three 
we thought it was going to be nuclear, but it's actually informational. Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah, I know they left the law in there, but are they going to use it? Just because the law's in the books doesn't mean they got the cojones to use it. Mm. Look how quickly Trudeau dropped his emergency out, his <laughs> emergency powers. Yeah, yeah. He dropped it in two days because he realized he was he was cornered. This is a chess. I mean, other people have called this the grand chess game, and the, the deep state people, the cabalists, only got a couple moves left, and they're done. And Ukraine is one of their big pieces, and that's what people are starting. They've already figured this out within four days, six days. That there were bio labs, right? Department of Defense bio labs there. It was all conspiracy, and in six days, it was all the, the United States government had to admit that there were bio labs there, and they were afraid the Russians were going to take them over. So, uh, I'm I'm of the well. Let me put it this way: one of the Q posts says, "What if Putin and Xi are working with Trump and other leaders around the world to get rid of the cabal?" And that's exactly what's happening. Putin's been working with Trump this whole time. <clears throat> and Putin is the first major player to make a move besides Saudi Arabia. My sister just said that today they executed 81 people in Saudi Arabia in a public execution for tra- for being traitors. Really? <laughs> like people of the government so, or? People of the government. Whoa. That, that whole Ben Solomon thing, the Saudi Arabia saga that went on with the with the las vegas shooting and all that stuff back in 2017 mm-hmm. it's all connected damn it's wild man because like what i always try to tell people is like whatever the news is telling you think the opposite and you're probably closer to the truth than what they're telling you and like it's crazy with how, everything right anything they tell you how to eat anything do the opposite right. <laughs> and it's like wild because when uh, maybe you can talk to us about this cow Putin and all basically all the people that America is brainwashed to hate, like um, the Middle East, Russia, these are the countries that are opposed to the New World Order. Can you talk to us about that? Well, uh, let's see. Saddam Hussein, he was the first because he wanted to try to get rid of the central bank. It all, again, it all comes down to the bank. Uh, that's what I scream at. That's what I do scream at people. I'm like, this whole notion of fiat currency and debt and all this stuff. It's nonsense. It has control mechanism. Right. But Saddam Hussein tried to go off the United States dollar and started trying to use the dinar to buy oil. And that was a big no-no. So, and, you know, we've heard, we've, you and I have studied the petrodollar thing to death, and that's part of it. But really it boils down to the fact that he, he wanted to get rid of the central bank, and he did for a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened? They went to war with him. Because all wars are bankers' wars. Right. Um, Julian Assange said that back in 2011. I just rewatched a clip of him saying that. He's like, all wars are banker wars, and it's and the media just perpetuates it. If the media was truly media, it wouldn't happen. But anyway. And actually, that's yeah, a good not, documentary. Okay. Sorry for interrupting you. I just want to say, people, y'all go check out. There's a documentary called All Wars Are Bankers' Wars. It's a great documentary. Mm. I think I remember that one. Um so yeah, Saddam was the first, and then Gaddafi. Gaddafi actually did kick out the central bank, and for a short time there, people were living great. Everybody was getting, uh, they were getting part of the profits from the oil sales. Everybody. He was paying couples to have more children and giving crazy amounts of tax credits and canceling debts and all this stuff. And what did they do? They, they started a coup, and he got drug out in the street, and, you know, literally quartered, killed and quartered. 
So these people are, they don't mess around. <clears throat> yeah. And the white hats, what do you want to call them? They know that. So this is a war. They're trying, they're fighting this war with as little casualty as they can, which even when Trump was bombing people, he was only bombing uh, certain targets. He wasn't like just carpet bombing everything. Same thing with Syria, the Syrian gas attack. That was a false flag too to pin, uh, oh, what's his name, uh, who was the president of Syria, uh, I want to say Assad, that's not him. No, but um, I don't know, I'm not good with names. Um, same thing, they faked the chemical attack. Um, the more I've been studying about Obama and his during his last four, four years, he pretty much had control of the drones in the United States military and he was telling them where to bomb. And he was basically helping keep ISIS afloat by bombing Syrian targets for them. And when Putin came into Syria, he just thought, oh, well, the U.S. is opposed to the to ISIS, so let's take out ISIS. So, so one of the reasons the United States government hates uh, Putin so much is because he came in honestly and just started bombing ISIS because all of our rhetoric, rhetoric here was that ISIS keeps growing and we can't stop it. So Putin stopped it. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened when Trump came in? Trump killed it within eight months. ISIS was gone in eight months because he killed the funding of it and he changed the tactics of the, of the game. And so, yeah, it's so... Uh, it's fucking wild, it. man. This is like the best movie that there could ever be and you're, we're living in it right now. Oh, it's insane. We're, we're going to be... I'm an electrician right now, but I'm hoping in the near future when all this passes and we're free of these people. And when I mean free, I mean free, free. I mean, no debts, clean slate, fair, level playing field. Like everybody gets a chance. No more of this regulation bullshit, regulating you to death. You know, taxes are a thing of the past because people don't even understand that taxes are a new phenomenon for this country. They're recent. They only started in the 1920s, for Christ's sakes. But you cannot get past this. People are so brainwashed with taxes as though they pay for anything. All we're doing is paying back debt that we owe. It's a never-ending bill. It never ends. Right. It's compounding interest, so it just keeps growing. And we're all collateral to pay back the central banks. And people are like, no, that can't be right. Doesn't China buy our debt? I'm like, why would another country buy another country's debt? Right. Are we buying their debt? I mean, tell me how that makes sense. <laughs> because it doesn't... I mean, why would you take someone else's debt, your neighbor's debt, and give them your debt? It doesn't work like that. Right. There's there's people... The next step... Here's what we're going to go through this year. We're going to go through... Well, we're going to go through everything all at once. We're going to go through election fraud and how they've been manipulating our elections, which even I didn't have an inkling about that. I knew they... I knew they manipulated our stuff, but I didn't realize to what extent. Um, we're going to go through um, the Spygate, even though people still hate Trump, which is fine. When they find out the levels of crazy that Obama and Clinton went through to spy on Trump and to frame him as a Russian agent and all that stuff, the, all the people in government that went along with it, it's going to break the government's back as far as the trusting government is already broken, but it's going to really break it. Um, crimes against humanity with, with the border and human trafficking and then the child trafficking. And then it goes up and then you're going to get banking. <laughs> you're going to get banking and, and all the debt. Because guess what happened three days ago? 
the Ukrainian was driving in their car, recording with their phone, and a message came over the radio from the from the Russian Federation saying that they're canceling everybody's debt and they're bringing everybody's utilities down to Russian levels. Really? They've been paying, they've been paying crazy amounts of money for gas and electricity in Ukraine because mm. of the corrupt government. So it's happening. It's just not happening here yet, but it is happening. Debts are getting wiped out. There's so much stuff going on behind the scenes that none of us can even fathom that it's just, it's the most exciting time I could, I mean, it's, um, I'm just waiting because <laughs> I'm like, I feel like my purpose is to help people through when the real shit hits the fan. Right. It feels like brains are going to have a real hard time at this. Right. Um, so that's why it's been kind of slow, <clears throat> yeah. but it's actually, and if you think about it, these people have had 150, 200 years to do what they've done and work great. This, the white hats have been undoing it in like seven and I think it's also interesting to point out that the Russian flag is, or one of their emblems, is, doesn't the guy on their flag have a white hat? Oh, yeah, he has a white hat and he's stepping on a dragon. Right. So can you explain that? To to tell us the symbolism between in that in that flag. Well, it's it's basically, I forget what saint, I don't know if it's a saint or not, but um, I'm not really an authority on that stuff. But it's the dragon is the, it's the beast from Revelation. It's a beast from the Bible. Damn. How much, getting, yeah. Sorry, go here's ahead. Here's the crazy. Here's the part that took me a sec because I grew up Catholic, so I never really read the Bible all that much because you don't do that in Catholic church. You just listen to a priest read parts of the Bible, and that's that's your that's what you do for your week, and that's it. So I'm still kind of slowly getting into the Bible, but I'm having a hard time reading it these days because I'm just focused on other things. But um. <laughs> We, it, this is literally, and I, I, I remember saying this on the podcast myself, but it's like, it's simple. It's good versus evil. Yes. A lot of people have done bad things for a long time. And there's lots of just random people out in the street that you think are good that do bad things. But the level of bad that these people do is it's intentional. It's intentional for for them to be inhabited by demons, whatever you want to call it. I think the alien thing, I'm to the point now where I think the alien thing was a cover for the fact that they've been channeling demons this whole time. Yeah, that, that's what I talk about. It's all spiritual warfare, man. Yeah, it is definitely spiritual warfare. Um, there was a good book. What was the name of that guy? I gotta remember that. Um, oh, I have the book and I can never remember the title of it. But it's, called, it's about a group called the Collins Group in the military. This is back in the 60s. Um, let me look on my Amazon real quick. I hate to say that, but um, that pretty much came to that conclusion that when Roswell happened, that it wasn't aliens coming to the planet. It was it was demons that got brought in by uh, the guy that ran, the, that started JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, mm -hmm. and Crowley. He was a follower of Aleister Crowley, and they were trying to summon a succubus. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> like 40s. <laughs> from the early 40s. That shit's wild. So, let me find that book. For anybody listening, um, I want to find that book for you because it's that book actually kind of gave me nightmares. That's how good it is. Um, I'm going to say it's like final. Look, let's take a break. I'm going to pause. I got to take. I gotta go to the restroom real quick and then we'll come back. And yeah, we'll, I will okay, do let's it. take a pause. Okay. okay, so you found the name of the book, Chad? Yes, it is by... Uh, 
researcher called Nick Redfern. He's done quite a few books. It's called Final Events and the Secret Government Group on Demonic UFOs and the Afterlife. You're going to have to text me that so I can put it on the show notes. What is it? Final Events and what? Events and the Secret... I can send you a link. And the Secret Government Group on Demonic UFOs and the Afterlife. Damn. That's the title alone, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was a... In the book, there's a... There's a a guy tells a story about that he had an out-of-body experience, or he had a near-death experience, and he ended up in a place that was basically blue, like everything just had a blue tint to it, and he was in a little, what he thought was a spacecraft, it was like the 1960s, and down below he just saw a stream of human, human-looking people just walking like robots, like with their heads down, just going into this maw of darkness. And just disappeared. Dude, have you seen the movie? So much. <laughs> have you seen the movie Soul from Disney? Mm-mm. It's just like that. They go into the oh, astro. They go into the astral realm, and there's like people who are lost souls. They're like seeking for something. And they're just looking down. It's fucking crazy. It's uh, well, Disney's Disney's the devil. I mean, right. incarnate. So I mean, Disney. I don't know. I don't know if Walt himself was, but I think he was. Well, yeah, Walt. he was in the Demolay Secret Society. Yeah, true. But yeah, I, I don't trust, I'm to the point now where I'm, I don't trust anything they told us about anything. Right. History, none of it. I mean, even some of the stuff I've talked about, I'm like, does that, did that really happen? Because when you get back, when you get back 100 years plus, you got to ask yourself, well, is the documentation that we see, is it actually true or was it made up? Mm-hmm. Because these people are busybodies and they have unlimited funds to pay people to basically make up stuff. Right. So some of the older history books that I used to reference, I got rid of them because I'm like, because they were all Rockefeller, they were all Rockefeller funded. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this could all be complete bullshit. Yeah, and so, I, that, that's what I heard on one documentary that don't anything that's written down and published, don't believe in it because it's probably just propaganda to get you to believe or see the world through a certain lens. Depends. the stuff, the stuff at the beginning, like the early 1900s, late 1800s. That stuff was a bit more honest because a lot of people didn't read. And these were a lot of academic books. Like a lot of the, um, some of the stuff that I did book reports on uh, on the podcast were older books that were never supposed to see the public. They were never supposed to be out there for the public because this is how they talk to one another. Right, right. And when I would hear you read these, I would be like, holy shit, this is the people meeting in these dark, smoky rooms planning all this shit out. Yeah, and it's not... And it's, you ever heard the term, the, the banality of evil? No, we'll say that again. What is it? The banality of evil. Oh, no, no. What is that? Can you explain? Let's see. Let's look it up here real quick. Uh, let's see. What's it here? Oh, sorry. Um, the banality of evil is a phrase coined by Hannah Ardent in the title of her 1963 work, Eichmann in Jerusalem. Um, her thesis is that the great evils in history generally, and the Holocaust in particular, were not executed by fanatics or sociopaths, but by ordinary people who accepted the premises of their state and therefore participated with the view that their actions were normal. So it's partly... It's kind of like the, stuff. I'm just doing my job thing, right? Yeah. But the worst things in history have happened because people believe what their leaders told them. Right. The leaders are sociopaths, so she's wrong in that respect, but... You can't blame her. It's 1963. She doesn't quite understand it. But, but yeah, the, pe- 
the like Stalin. Stalin in Soviet Russia, Joseph Stalin completely scared everybody. Like everybody was frightened to him. And he was everywhere. His photo was everywhere. Every building didn't matter. They would they literally would used to have balloons flying his portrait over the countryside just so people would be aware of who's running the country. Right. That's but all psychological that's operation where, type of stuff. Yeah, that's where sixty million people died in the in the gulags and in the concentration camps. Mining uranium without protection, you know, they'd last like a month and they would just die. So, but really what it boils down to is the people in the suits, <laughs> the people that look the most respectable are generally the ones that are doing all, they're the ones orchestrating all of them. Right. So that's the way I look at that term is that uh, the tragedy and hope book, which is another good one. Um, uh, Carol Quigley. Yeah, we did a whole episode on that one. I think it was our first or second episode. Yeah, that one's, uh, yeah, Carol Quigley. I always forget his name. But um, that one I need to read again. But um, it's very boring and dry. They make it, it's business. They, right. make, it, they make it seem like business. It seems like it's a different it's, language. It's like you can read, and if you're not reading in between the lines, you're not going to get what they're talking about. So it's, and it all started, and you want to, Here's something interesting. Did you have you heard? Have you seen the new Kingsman movie that came out last year? Right. I was just gonna tell you that when you told me about that other movie, Logan's Run. That movie basically spells it out right in front of you. It's basically like this whole secret cabal meeting in secrecy, planning how to take over the world. It's fucking crazy. Really accurate. It talked. I mean, it really starts with, with it all. Really did start in South Africa with the Boer Wars. That's where all this germinated from. But you know, of course. In reality, it was a bunch of people in secret societies. It wasn't just one Irish guy doing it. That's how the movies always trick people. Is they think, oh, it's just one bad guy. No, it's it's multitude of bad guys. Right. It's still 1%. still a small amount, but it's still a lot. You know what makes me think more of it? I think the 007 movie, I don't know. I think it was the one with the octopus where they meet. Like They have this grand hall and they have like maybe a hundred of these men who are secretly working behind the scenes meet and, and talk about what they're going to do with the world. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the third one, I guess. The, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. that's Well, that's Bohemian Grove. I mean, that's how Alex Jones got on the map. It's Bohemian Grove. It's showing all those weirdos there. But, um, but, I mean, even I didn't, even at the time, 10 years ago or more, I, even I didn't realize how crazy were i knew there was i knew there was weird stuff with kids but the stuff that i've learned since 2020 is like made you know it's made it even more serious in my head it's made me thankful that there's people doing stuff about it because basically these people have been messing with kids for so long that enough people have gotten fed up with it and they've decided to fight back but in the end i think this was all prophesized there's plenty of people out there that I follow that like this has all been written down in the Bible. This is the Bible. Mm-hmm. We're living through stuff that was talked about. So the Bible, the problem with the Bible is it talks in allegory a lot, but a lot of it's just straight up telling you. It might, you know, the problem is is that you know there's definitions, there's places that might be a little weird. But there's one woman I follow that I told you about. Uh, her name's Melissa Red Pill the World on Rumble. She's just a typical woman from Texas. She's just a Texas, you know, she's middle-aged and she's studied the Bible her entire life. And 
she started looking at revelations and she's like, oh my God, they're talking about everything that's going on now. Who is this woman? Maybe you can get us in contact, Red Pill World? Melissa Red Pill the World. Melissa. Um, okay. Yeah, it's all one word. But if you go to Rumble, if you go to rumble.com, you can look her up and then you can try it. She has a, her website is Freedom Force Battalion. Okay. And she does do interviews. She might, I don't know, she always does video interviews, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. She's, she likes to talk about this to anybody. Yeah. She'll talk your ear off even more than I do. I mean, she just goes, she knows her Bible and she wrote two books. She's got uh, End Times and A Thousand Years of Peace. And now she's working, her new book is uh, uh, like Big Prophecies from Minor Prophets because she's going through like all the smaller books and the minor prophets of the Bible and what they say about this time. Yeah, man. See, I think it's awesome. People are just speaking now. Like, it's not nothing. There's something definitely to all this research because thousands of people are waking up. Oh, millions of people are waking up. Right. I mean, we're already at the tipping point. We're already we're already well past the tipping point. We're just kind of put it. There was a study back in 2010. I think I think Stanford or somebody did it, but basically it was talking about. So you know, we just talked about how the how Edward Bernays and how the elites use propaganda and, and marketing techniques to get us to do things that we don't need to be doing. Right. Well, there's another counterforce, which is that if 10% of the population of, of an area has a strong belief or conviction about something, the rest of the population will just kind of adopt it, wow. like unconsciously. And we're well past that. I mean, the world is already, it's well past 10% of the world has right. woken up to this shit. I think, yeah. Notice how we've all become kind of isolated from one another. Like the news is the news is very filtered now, and it's probably on purpose. I think the White Hats are using all the media to their advantage because I don't think anybody's truly in control of their stuff anymore. Obviously, CNN's falling apart, and their new their new owner is like, we got to clean this, we got to clean house and get actual journalists in here. But I think it's too late. Mm-hmm. I mean. We are the media now. This is the new media, what we're doing right now. Right, yes. It's talking about this stuff. And it's going to come to a point, yes, facts matter, but there's also the fact that we can just talk about anything. It's free speech. That's the whole point. If you don't want to listen to this, don't listen to it. There's no reason to attack it. Right. Um, and that's what the whole world's going to get eventually. They're going to adopt our Constitution for their own cultures. Because, again, we are the last... According to Melissa Redfield, we are the lost tribe of Israel. We are the, we are what's going to bring this thousand years of peace about. So yeah, it says in the Bible also that once the the last temple is almost built, that's the last generation. That this is it. Yeah, but it's not for us. We're not leaving the planet. They're leaving the planet. Yeah. <laughs> their their time is done. That's the trick. They've been since these people have infiltrated everything. They obviously infiltrated the seminaries long ago, and they've twisted how people. That's what she's. That's what that was the revelation she came to is, and that's why I've always thought. I, that's why I had to get away from the Catholic Church. Is that I got tired of being told that I was just a, a sinner. Like no matter what I did, I was a sinner, and that if I didn't live a certain way, that I wasn't going to be going to heaven and all this stuff. I'm like. And I'm, but I'm reading the Bible at the same time when I was a teenager going, wait a minute, they don't say any of this stuff in the Bible. I mean, even in the Bible, God talks about, you don't need to read this to be a child of God. Right. You don't have to read the Bible mm-hmm. to believe in God. 
the simplest person with you know brain damage no fault of their own can be holier than someone like me who thinks too much you know what i mean so i and so i'm i'm i feel relieved that i feel like i was on the right track i'm like there's something wrong about the way they keep teaching us how god operates Mm -hmm. but it makes sense when you realize that it's people that worship satan and moloch Mm -hmm. and all these demons of course they're going to talk about god in a way that they're jealous of they're jealous of God. They want they want God's power, but they don't want. But they're they're too. They don't want to live righteously. Faith. They don't want to live the right way. They want. Well, to... they don't want to live in God's world. They want to make they want to make their own world. Yep. But they don't know how. So they just want to take God's world and twist it in their own into their own twist in their own vision. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've been trying to do. That's what the Green Agenda was about. It, it was just like Logan's Run, where they were gonna. They teach you, they train you to think that you're the problem, and then you'll willingly go off and kill yourself. Dang. Like Futurama had it. They had suicide booths in oh, that yeah. cartoon. <laughs> I love that cartoon, but that was the one. When I first saw the suicide booth episode, I was like, all right, something's wrong with this. <laughs> yeah, but see, like, that's the whole thing of um, the, what's called the revelation of the method. They have to tell you their plans in, in, in media, and, and they have to show you their hand, basically, kind of to get you to consent to, to their narratives. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I agree. Um, I think it's also the devil's way of mocking people or Satan's way of mocking people because he knows our nature. And we've been studied to death. I mean, these people have been studying us more than they studied the wildlife of the planet. Mm-hmm. So they know how to push our buttons. But what I like, what Melissa has talked about, and it makes sense, is that in the Bible, it talks about years, it talks about seven years. Well, if you put that into thousands of years, we're in our 7,000th year. If you want to go ahead and say, all right, God created the planet 6,000 years ago, this realm, whatever you want to call it. Well, when Noah came, when Noah had to build the ark, God wiped out the majority of human beings. Why? Because they were all worshiping the, de- the demon. Well, what do you think about this idea? There's also this idea out there that, that I know you've heard that in the olden days, back then, the fallen angels were having sex with the women and having like hybrid, human hybrid fallen angel, and that this tainted the DNA and that God was like, okay, enough of this, I'm going to reset everything and have pure human DNA. Part of I mean, it's the same principle. It's these, there, was not, there was too many of us being tempted by this by the Canaanites, the, the sons the sons and daughters of Cain that were in this human sacrifice and child sacrifice and they were all going along with it. And there's stories from the Bible where God is like, Go into the go into the city and stop this. Well they ended up going in and, and getting seduced by it and started doing it themselves. Uh, the way she says it is after seven thousand years we're finally at a point where the majority of us this repulses us. This idea of taking kids and killing them for adrenochrome is repulsive. It's unthinkable. But there's still a small pocket of these people that still do this. And now their time is done. <clears throat> and retribution is at hand. Like, like, finally we get free of these people. But it's been a, it's been a battle this whole time throughout human existence. We'll find out. I think we're going to find out sooner rather than later. And the good news is, if this is to be true... We will live as long as trees. We will get our health and our wealth back. 
and we will live as long as trees. Man, so, so you and I can have this conversation 300 years from now hell yeah. and still talk about it. So imagine that. So, I mean, I, I think we're, I think the stuff that's going to come out after we're through this pain is going to be insane. What <laughs> like do you think? Gonna, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to be? What's your optimistic view of all of this? Well, short term, everybody's debts get wiped. You know, your mortgage, you own your house. You, uh, you know, you might, you get one car, I guess. You probably still make payments on another car, but you won't have crazy compound interest. But just imagine, imagine a, a value reset. Let's let's imagine we go back to like 1950s prices, where you can like your dollar actually can stretch, like you can get penny candy again instead of having to spend a dollar for a candy bar, you can get a candy bar for a nickel. Mm -hmm. uh, I still remember back, that time. I'm not even money sorry. Go ahead. Well, money that doesn't depreciate. I mean, the whole inflation, all that stuff is all based off the debt. That's all it is. So go back to the gold standard which trump has talked about he's done little clues about it when he's president but um uh that right there just that alone well no no taxes too so no income tax so everything you make you keep the government will be funded by a, a flat tax on non-essential goods like if you want to buy a sports car well you might pay 14 percent on that sports car but just one time you're not, you're not paying for registration. You're not paying for yearly, all that stuff. But that's that kind of stuff is what funds your local government. We will all have to participate in our local governments, those of us that are of age, you know. So that's going to take some time. But then we're going to start rebuilding because now we'll have we'll have this. All the resources will be back. All this resource stuff is all artificial. They all keep they just keep it from us, or they make it so expensive we can't use it. So everything will get fixed. So we'll have a whole generation of people learning how to do things again. <laughs> we'll actually start, you know, repairing stuff. That's that's the short term. What kind of tech they come out with that's been hidden from us, that's a whole other thing that I can't even, you know, that's that's pie in the sky stuff with Tesla, free energy, who knows. Yeah, man, I think it's awesome. I love imagining, like, what would the world be like if we didn't have these fucking psychopaths on top? manipulating and controlling everything. And I, I know I get I get the idea in the sense that, yes, there has to be some basic laws, and there will be people, psychopaths out there, but I love to imagine a world where teaching and education is the number one priority, where children are actually taught to be successful human beings. They're taught how to grow their own food, how to master their emotions, how to cooperate with others, how to create things, instead of just having people dependent on the system to just answer a, B, or C, or D to just to go what to go work at a factory or a nine to five job. Like, imagine a world where you don't have to work. I mean, yeah, you would work probably what ten hours a week and everything else. We have the technology, we have the information, the money, but we're led by the least among us. And like, yeah, man, I love that whole idea. Just get rid of them. Like, walk away. Stop listening to the politicians. All of this hangs on the condition that we believe their narrative. We could just walk away and stop paying taxes, stop doing whatever they want us to do, and the world could change, but it's just the brainwashing and the propaganda is so strong that people can't detach. It's not as strong as it used to be. People are doing that all the time right now. People have been doing that since the pandemic started. The pandemic, I think, I think the pandemic with the lockdown showed people that I mean, I, I knew people that were happier during the pandemic when they didn't have to go to work. Yeah. <laughs> getting some, you know, I understand the UBI thing, but it's like, 
that that's not tenable. But I think the beginning, you know, once the pan, the initial scare come down, people had kind of a decent summer because they were able to go out. Like my sister and my niece were like riding bikes all over the place and stuff, and just hanging out with some friends. Right, right. But in reality, the majority of us get along. It's really, like you said, the, the media is going to die this year. The media is going to have a, a mortal wound put to it very soon, probably by the summer, if, if not before that, midterms. Because there's going to be a red wave like we've never seen before come this uh, November. It's going to be insane. <clears throat> the Democratic Party uh, is on its last breath. It's not going to survive the next it's not going to survive the 10th to 2024. Good. It's it's doing everything. Think about it. If these people were truly in control of them, if, if the Democrats were in control of their party, would they be doing the stupid shit that they're doing? Mm-hmm. If they had a brain cell to rub together, they wouldn't be doing this stupid shit. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that they're being compelled to do this because they've already lost. Mm-hmm. They've been they lost at the beginning. I'm still convinced of that. I don't know if I'm right, but it, my logic, my personal logic goes like this. When Trump got, a, when he got elected, um, and this is not from me, this is from a guy named Charlie Freak, who you can go listen to from back in 2020. Um, I can, I can send you some links on that. Yeah, please. He's not, he was wrong about, he was wrong about a lot of stuff, but what made sense to me, and I just, I pondered it over and over again, is that I think that at the very beginning, after Trump got elected, that they took out the main families, the, the heads of all of this. You know, the the, the, the main families, the nine families, they call it, mm-hmm. the black nobility, that Sam Tripoli called it on tinfoil hat. Yeah. I think they literally got, not killed per se, but taken out of the picture and their, their funds dried up. Because after that, beginning of 2017, everybody was broke and looking for money. And like the Catholic Church came out and said they were broke and all this stuff. Very something very very big happened at the end of 2016 that we will not know about until the end mm-hmm. when all this is over. So I think what we're what we're witnessing is they killed it, they cut the head off of the beast, and then the, this is picking all the lice off the dead corpse. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, while they're doing that, they're waking people up bit by bit, so that you don't overload their brains and collapse society <laughs> because the revelations that will eventually come out if they came out all at once society would go people would go mad they would kill themselves they would just go out and randomly shoot people. i mean who knows but i mean that's how when the, ma- the matrix is so ingrained like you said that if you try to pull people out of it so fast this all collapses and it's chaos mm-hmm. so that's part of the war tactics is that people are getting slowly woken up um, to all of this so that it's not such a shock hmm. by the end of it well look what look what's happening to hillary hillary's getting heckled everywhere she goes yeah in new york city <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> yeah so and look what happened to trudeau trudeau couldn't even go anywhere right he was getting rocks thrown at him so it, it's wild how the way things happen it's so. crazy how you can these politicians come out and everyone's talking shit to them and they can smile and wave and pretend that everything's okay it's crazy psychopaths they don't they don't well again again if they were truly in control like if they had any kind of monetary and power control they would well you saw what trudeau did trudeau turned into a dictator he was always a dictator but he hit it well he's a son of one 
Father like son. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, but if they were truly in control and they had assets at their disposal, it would be way worse. And I've been, I've been reminding my sister of that stuff. I'm like, they would pull out even, they would pull out nightmares that we have no conception of. Yeah. Possibly. <clears throat> so I think that they've been neutered. Whatever bad, really bad stuff they had has already been neutralized. I mean, I know for a fact Bill Gates, person walking around saying Bill Gates, not Bill Gates, mm-hmm. and, and especially his wife. It doesn't take a genius to look at those pictures and realize those are different people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the scuttlebutt is, is that uh, before Trump even, uh, when Trump got elected, before he even got elected, they drug, um, they drug Bill Gates into Trump Tower and asked him what, what the plan was going to be for the next four years. And he said it was going to be COVID. It was going to be a, a flu that they were going to amp up. So I think, um, yeah, there's, there's so much. It's, it's never ending. I mean, right. this is all I want to talk about, but after a while, it's like, I can't prove most of it, but I can tell you in my, every fiber of my being, it's, I know this is what's going on. And there's tons of us like that. Yeah. Cause I'm on telegram and there's, and very shortly at the end of the month, true social will hopefully be fully online. You've heard of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. The news, um, um, social media. Yeah. That's Trump's companies. But Devin Nunez, who was the, who was a congressman and he was on the intelligence committee. He left a year early from, from Congress. He still had a year on his term. He left at the end of last year to run true social. So what does that tell you? What does that tell you about the state of Washington, DC right now? Mm. DC is dead. It is a, that whole area around the Capitol and the White House is like a ghost town. There's nobody there. <laughs> there's people that drive around there every day going, there's nothing open. There's no building. No one's going into buildings. And COVID is the cover. That's the excuse that everybody's still working from home. But Right. And it kind of gives so more you, credence or to that idea right. that they've uh, like basically blocked off like Washington, right? They put like walls and shit up. Yeah. Well, there's a guy named Wano Seven. He's been around since the, I, I came across him in 2020. Juan O. Some people think he's JFK Jr. I'm not going to go into that. I don't care at this point. But one thing he said two years ago, he said, he's like, at the end of this, Washington, D.C. is going to be flooded. We're going to flood it out of existence. And whatever remains, we're going to wall it off or fence it off and make it into a memorial so we remember what god-awful stuff happened in this place. Damn. So think about that. Keep that in mind as, thing, as, as time goes on. Because I, when he said that, I'm like, I just laughed at first. I'm like, oh, that's a bit weird. But then when they started actually walling off parts of the city, and then this guy named Richard, Richard Citizen Journalist lives around there. He, he's been driving around there since the pandemic started. And it's just everything, like buildings are getting boarded up. Something big is going on in D.C., and it's been going on the whole time, but and all through the media that it looks kind of normal. But does any of this look normal to you? The way Biden acts, the way Pelosi acts, even the way everything's filmed. I mean, it's just none of it, it feels so surreal. Yeah, it's it all cringy. Like it's too cringy. Business as usual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild, man. 
It's awesome talking to you, Chad, man. I, I, I feel like we probably talked four or five times, but every time is like, damn, man. It's, it's interesting because we can just go any kind of rabbit hole. And it's so fascinating that this is the time we're living in. Like, and I, I really do think that this is the last generation, which kind of makes me sad for my daughter. But it's like, I mean, I'm teaching her all the right things. I'm trying to teach her about God and, and, and to do the right thing. And, and that's all I can say. As we close off... Uh, what's one positive piece of information or news or something that you can give the people to like take home with them to have a to, to leave because I know all this stuff can be morbid and dark and, and what's just something that you can leave the people to have like a positive idea first tell me what you mean by the last generation because I don't understand what you're saying well in the Bible it says that once that that the the, the the state of Israel was created I think in 1948 that sets the marker that that's that generation that's born after that it's going to be the last one and after that it's going to be when either Jesus or the Antichrist or the whole revelation thing happens we're already we're living through revelation right now you again you go, you should go you should get Melissa Redfield you should get her book it's 2.99 on Amazon you can just get the digital copy yeah I'll check I'm that out I'm telling you sure. Israel is not the problem. It's the Zionists that run Israel that are the problem. The Zionists that run Israel are the Canaanites of old. Yeah. There is no, we're not leaving this planet. Why the hell, sorry, sorry to say that word, <laughs> why the hell would God, yes, he might, he flooded the world with Noah, but he didn't kill everybody. Why would God do another reset and then, burn the whole thing down well yeah you're right let me rephrase it i guess what i mean is this is the last generation that's going to see all this terrible shit and maybe yeah let me rephrase yeah, it i guess that, i'm happy that, for my daughter yeah, if you say that yeah. yes your your daughter is going to live she's not going to know she's not going to know an inkling of what we know it's going to be harder for us to transition into the new world than it will be for them kids will have no problem they're going to have everything that they ever need because this is all about the kids in the end mm -hmm. that's what the cute thing is it's all about this it's all about this child sacrifice that needs to stop and it has probably been stopped it's just they're still you know uh anyway i mean ever since trump came into office there's been nothing but pedophile ring busts over and over and over again you can go through the news from 2017 on and there's and worldwide there's pedophile ring bust here pedophile ring bust there there's a, a investigative journalist named liz croken that pretty much tracks all that stuff and she's been doing it since the beginning so big, big, like I said, there are huge things happening that the media is not talking about because the media is going down with the ship with everything else. Right, yep. So let me read you this at the end, and this will help anybody that's having issues. It's a little bit long, is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Take me that long. Decide for yourself. Be free from outside opinion. Decide for yourself. Be objective in your conclusions. Decide for yourself. Be true in your own beliefs. Decide for yourself. Be open to following the facts. Decide for yourself. Be strong in defending your beliefs. Decide for yourself. Be resistant to blindly accepting factless, factless statements. Decide for yourself. Be free. Those who attack you, those who mock you, those who call you, C-U-L-L, -L, those who control you, those who label you, do they represent you? Or do they represent themselves? Mental enslavement. The Great Awakening, freedom of thought, was designed and created not only as a back channel to the public, away from the long-standing mind control of the corrupt and heavenly biased media, to endure future events through transparency and regeneration of individual thought. 
breaking the chains of groupthink, but more importantly, aid in the construction of a vehicle, a ship that provides the scattered free thinkers with a starter, new social networking platform that allows for freedom of thought, expression and patriotism or national pride, the feeling of love and devotion and sense of attachment to a homeland and alliance with other citizens who share the same sentiment. When non-dogmatic non information becomes free and transparent, it becomes a threat to those who attempt to control the narrative and or the stable. When you are awake and you stand outside of the stable, group, group think collective, and have free thought. Free thought is a philosophical viewpoint which holds that positions regarding truth should be formed on the basis of logic, logic, reason, and empiricism rather than authority, tradition, revelation, or dogma. When you are awake, you are able to clearly see. The choice is yours and yours alone. Trust and put faith in yourself. You are not alone and you are not in the minority. Difficult truths will soon see the light of day. Well, guess who wrote that? I don't know. Q. Wow. That's Q post 3038 on May, March 12, 2019. <laughs> Damn, that's badass. See, I, don't, I never knew what so, to believe about the whole Q movement because I don't want to believe in a savior or a hero or a guru. I just want to do my thing. But the more people talk to me about it, it's more like, damn, there's, there's something to it. I just don't want to dive into that. Well, you should because it'll make your life. I will be the, again, what I just read to you, it is your choice. No, I, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, the Q the Q posts are going to be part of they're going to be part of the Bible for the future. I'm telling you, that's what it is. The Bible that that we have now is from a couple, you know, however many thousands of years ago. This is the next part of it. <laughs> you, yes, do your own thing, but Q is not about a savior. Q is about helping us save ourselves. That's what the Great Awakening is about. And he said, do you, do you see what I, you hear what he said? He said it was designed. This back channel, Q is just an intelligence back channel. And that's what true social is going to be. As more of this stuff comes out, it's going to be a back channel to get around the media, mm -hmm. to get around their, their manipulation of the facts. So you got to keep that in mind. Man. I never thought I'd be talking like this either. You're, you're a little bit behind me. But I, you, you need to delve into the Q post and just see, because a lot of the stuff the Q posts bring up are stuff that you and I, we know we've talked about. We know all this stuff. It's no different. They talk about the bankers. They talk about the British and how the British never really gave, gave up control of the United States. They talk about all that stuff. They talk about the Treaty of 1871 and how we, our Constitution is not is a corporate Constitution and not the original now. And that got reversed and all this crazy. There's time travel involved with this, maybe. There's Looking Glass, Project Looking Glass. There's all sorts of stuff that I cannot explain. Right. But I'm telling you, I'm past a lot of the stuff. Like when you when you asked me about the green, you know, about environmentalism and the Green New Deal and all that stuff, I kind of chuckled myself because I'm like, I'm done with that stuff. That stuff's dead in the water. Mm -hmm. That's been dead for two years now since Trump pulled us out of it. So... And again, it's not about Trump. He just happens to be the guy that started, or that was the spearhead of it. But this has gone. This has gone on longer than Trump. I think this has gone on since when Kennedy got shot. Hmm. I think after Kennedy got shot, they realized they were dealing with very dangerous creatures, and they decided to change up tactics. And they've been basically 
figuring out ways to, again, uproot them ever since. So don't dismiss the Q post because that means you're closing your mind. Um, True. That's all I ask. <clears throat> well, you know, guess what? We'll do another episode and we'll talk all about Q and you can, can convince me and stuff. I'm here to convince you, but I'll, I'll gladly talk about it. Okay. Um, like I said, I'm not here to convince anybody about anything anymore. I'm just here telling you how, how I see it, what I've come across, but I've been, I've been, I've, this is all I've focused on since I learned about it. And what's happening right now today, what's happened in the past week is, is, is last year was rough because Biden, Biden's first year was the biggest red pill of them all. If well, Biden just being Biden woke up a ton of people, mm-hmm. <laughs> just all the crazy decisions he made. And now with the gas going up and all this stuff and this shit in Ukraine, it's even a bigger red pill. So now it's just going to escalate because now the next one is Taiwan. China, China is going to go into Taiwan. And what is the media going to say about that? Mm-hmm. Because the media is in bed with China. They're not going to say a word and it's going to backfire on them because people are, we are the media now. We are the news. <laughs> so um, track track your current events because Trump talked about it three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and he just said it again. But before this month is over, I'm pretty sure China is going to invade Taiwan, and you're going to find out there were bio labs in Taiwan too. God damn. So, <laughs> Man, well, this was fucking awesome, Chad. Um, so plug in again your, your podcast. I know you haven't done any in a while, but I, I definitely want you to. You should. And uh, plug up your podcast and your website, and if you want people to reach you or any, anything like that. My podcast is The Red Pill 2051. Uh, uh, is it podcast? I think it's two, yeah, 2051 podcast on iTunes. Just search it on any, on any search, it'll come up. Uh, the website is theredpill2051.wordpress.com. And my email for that is theredpill2051 at gmail.com. That's what I've used this whole time. So if anybody out there feels like they want to talk to me about stuff, I'm glad to talk to you like I talked to Juan. So um, I might start up the podcast again. Depends on how job goes. I'm so busy right now. It's hard for me to um, focus. But mm-hmm. as you can tell, I go off on weird tangents. So sometimes I... Uh, I love it. I love it. But I love that that uh, quote you gave us about Q because it remind it it actually, it's synchronistic with what I wanted to share with tonight. I want to close with it with this video that I saw from one of my buddies. Uh, he has a podcast called uh, Dangerous World Pod, and he posted this video about this UFC guy, uh, Bryce Mitchell, and uh, they asked him about the Ukraine war. And it, what he ta- how he responds is very, uh, it's awesome because it's very synonymous with what you were just talking about, Q, like make your own decisions, like don't fall into the media. So I'm going to play us out yes. with this. Let's go, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to say the, the last part of this post, the last thing is, is a phrase that's in all, a lot of the Q post. It's WWG1WGA, which is where we go one, we go all. And that is directly from Kennedy's, John F. Kennedy's boat. He had that on a bell on his boat. Hmm. So that's where the whole JFK connection comes in. It's just where we go one, we go all. And that was from something he learned when he was in World War II. So, so that's the phrase that, that's part of, that's the phrase. You know, tell you what, you're going to hear that. I've already heard Q, whole Q phrases on the news, like on Fox and stuff. You're going to start hearing where you go, where we go one, we go all. You're going to hear that more, more often on the actual TV. 
So keep that in mind too. Well, I'll be listening to, to that. But uh, So we're going to close out with this video, and then I want to play a song called uh, Will It Ever Change? And it's by an artist called Hyperstory. So I'm going to play this video, which is about two minutes, and then this song, which is about five and a half minutes. And then just stick with me. Uh, Chad, I want to ask you a couple things in the background. And uh, thank you all for listening. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. So here, this is um, Bryce Mitchell from UFC. And this was posted by Dangerous World Podcast. Please go listen to him. It's a really good podcast. Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Russia and Ukraine situation. You know, um, here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home. And when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground and I will die for everything I love. And I will not retreat. If this country is invaded and... Everybody's saying, well, we got to we gotta evacuate. We got to leave. We got. I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil, and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love, and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a shit ton of money off of um, and using our tax dollars to bribe their people that's treasonous in my opinion uh so you got hunter biden and his son using our tax dollars hey if if ukrainian government if you don't do this we're taking your tax dollars he shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway we got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're gonna give our freaking tax dollars to these ukrainians and all the, i brother i don't know what's going on over there but I'm not going over there fighting, and God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this shit just gets solved, and, man, I don't like war, you know what I mean? I don't want people dying and all that stuff. I don't want to be, but I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think that's corrupted that we just don't know what's truly going on over there, and I just, I pray all those people are safe. Okay. And this is Will It Ever Change by Hyperstory.
peace.